We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Everly Isby, connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. And this is Tuesday, May 23rd, 2017. And uh, I'm, uh, oops, there we go. Sorry about that. I'm leading off with the information coming out now about the murder of 27-year-old Seth Rich, who was a Democratic National Committee staffer. It's been, you probably heard about him. Uh, it's been speculated that he is the source of the DNC email leaks to WikiLeaks before the presidential election. DNC staffer Seth Rich, Seth Rich, excuse me, that's hard to say, Seth Rich, was assassinated in the early morning hours of July 10, 2016, near his apartment in Washington, D.C. It was stated by the D.C. police that he was victim of a robbery, although his wallet, phone, and other possessions were still on him. Suspicious at the start, right? Obvious. But I'm going to share some of the developments coming out now, which is providing a lot of information around this tragedy. People who knew Rich and who were at the bar he frequented that night said that Rich's behavior that night suggested he had been drugged. Here's a quote from a Daily Mail article. Rich was unusually drunk. The 27-year-old DNC staffer could normally throw back Bell's beer for hours without a problem. But that night, he was uncharacteristically unsteady on his feet as he made his way out the door. And here's another quote from a Newsweek article. That was just not Seth. I never saw him drunk or even tipsy. But what's also very interesting here, and this is according to White House Logs, on July 6th, uh, 2016, a Joseph P. Capone visited the White House as part of a group of four beginning at 12 noon and ending, at, listen to this, at 11.59 p.m. That's a 12-hour visit. Does that seem normal to you, Renegade Nation? I mean, people with appointments at the White House, they're lucky if they get 15 minutes. And who is Joe Capone? Well, Joe Capone is the general manager of Lou's City Bar, that Rich had patronized that night before he was shot as he made his way home. The White House meeting location was the East Wing of the White House. Lou's City Bar General Manager Joe Capone must be a very special person to get a meeting in the White House's East Wing, which Wikipedia says serves as office space for the First Lady, which would have been Michelle Obama, and her staff. The appointment, which was number U38825 on the White House log, had been made a week before that on June 29, 2016. There's three other people named here, uh, but the names of the three other people were Alice, Alessandra J. Capone, Michael R. Capone, and a, a woman named Kimberly N. Jeffrey. I, what, for what it's worth. But now what could possibly, though, have been behind a 12-hour visit by the manager of Lou's City Bar to the White House, a bar that Seth Rich frequented. Hmm. Fox News, by the way, has also dropped a bombshell report officially confirming via anonymous FBI sources what many had suspected for quite some time, that murdered DNC staffer Seth Rich was the source for the leaks. 
If it is verified as true that WikiLeaks emails came from a DNC insider, it would finally, finally end the rushing hacking narrative that's been going on, the constant demonization by Russia, for Russia, of Russia, by the politicians and bureaucrats inside the Beltway that's been collusionally perpetrated by the mainstream media for the past several months. Stuff that just I can't stand listening to. Russia did this. Russia's doing that. Oh, Russia. Oh, fuck you. Anyway, uh, now here's this. There, there's some more on this stuff. Uh, this comes off of 4chan, and that's the number 4-C-H-A-N, 4chan. They say that a high-ranking current and former Democratic Party officials are terrified of the Seth Rich murder investigation. And here's a quote that was posted, uh, a letter. And it says, Anon. And that's, that's Anon for anonymous. Anon, I work in D.C. I know for certain that the Seth Rich case has scared the shit out of a certain high-ranking current and former de- Democratic Party officials. This is the reason why they have backed away from impeachment talk. They know the smoking gun is out there, and they're terrified you'll find it, because when you do, it'll bring the entire DNC down, along with a couple of very big-name politicians. The behavior is near open panic. To even mention Seth Rich's name in D.C. circles will bring you under automatic scrutiny. To even admit that you have knowledge of this story puts you in immediate danger. I have never, in my 20 years working in D.C., seen such a panicked reaction from anyone. I have strong reason to believe that the smoking gun in this case is out of the hands of the conspirators and will be discovered by Anon. I know for certain that Podesta is deeply concerned. He's been receiving anonymous calls and emails from people saying they know the truth. Same with Hillary." And here's a transcript. Um, I want to go through this. Uh, It's on the same site, the 4chan site. And it was given by a fourth-year surgery resident who rotated at WHC, which is the Washington Hospital Center, last year. And he said, I quote, It won't be hard to identify me, but I feel that I shouldn't stay silent. Seth Rich was shot twice, with three total gunshot wounds, entry and exit and entry. So in other words, two bullets went in, but only one came out, okay? So he was taken to the OR, where we performed an X-lap. And I'm just going to interrupt here and say... Um, you can tell that this is a, probably a truthful witness that he is a surgical resident at this hospital because of what he describes and the medical lingo that he is utilizing. So when he says stuff that normal people wouldn't get, uh, I've got some uh, definitions to help you understand. So he says, he was taken to the OR where we performed an X-lap, and an X-lap is an exploratory laparotomy. In other words, it's a surgical operation where they open the abdomen and the organs are examined for injury and disease. Okay, so they performed an X-lap and found a small injury to segment three of the liver, which was packed, and several small bowel injuries, which we resected, 12 centimeters of bowel, and left him in discontinuity. In other words, they didn't hook everything back up because they had the intention of performing a washout in the morning. This surgical resident said he did not have any major vascular injuries otherwise. I've seen dozens of worse cases than this, which survived, and nothing about his injuries suggested to me that he'd sustained a fatal wound. 
In the meantime, he was transferred to the ICU and transfused with two units of blood when his post-surgery crit, in other words, post-surgery critical care, came back. He was stable and not on any pressors. In other words, um, he was strong enough that they didn't need to increase his blood pressure artificially. Uh, And he says, it seemed pretty routine. And this part is crucial, Renegade Nation, about, and this is quoting again, about eight hours after Seth Rich arrived at the hospital. Did you hear that? Seth was in the hospital for over eight hours and was still alive. Back to the quote, we were swarmed by law enforcement officers, and pretty much everyone except the attending and a few nurses were kicked out of the ICU. They also disallowed visiting hours. And normally in the ICU, visitors are let in at every odd hour, such as 1 a.m., 3 a.m., you know. Uh, Disallowing visiting hours, not something we do routinely. It was weird as hell. At turnover that morning, we were instructed not to round, which means not to make bedside visits, on the VIP that came in last night. That's exactly what the attending said. And no one except for me and another resident had any idea who he was talking about. Okay, now Renegade Nation, what would qualify a DNC staffer in a city of very powerful players to qualify him to be called a VIP? Seriously. (laughs) Okay, back to the surgical resident statement. He said, no one was here, no one here was allowed to see Seth except for my attending when he died. No code was called. In other words, there was no emergency alert sounded for cardiopulmonary resuscitation team. I rounded on patients literally next door but was physically blocked from checking in on him. I've never seen anything like it before. And while I can't say 100% that he was allowed to die, I don't understand why he was treated like that. Take it how you may, I'm just one low-level doc. Something's fishy, though, that's for sure." Unquote. Here's another piece of this that needs to be further investigated. Uh, okay, here's a name, Robert Wingate Robinson. He was one of the uh, municipal police department officers on the scene of Rich's shooting. Then there's a woman named Nandy Robinson, 23 years old, who lives with a Robert Robinson. And what is interesting about Nandy Robinson? From April 2015 to April 2016, she worked as a research associate forget this, Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, Hillary for America. From May of 2016 to today, she is an IE Deputy Research Director at the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Committee in Metro D.C. Kind of interesting, ain't it? A dink. And folks, in this situation, I don't believe in coincidences. I think this information speaks for itself. A deputy director of research for the Democratic National Committee living with a man who has the same name as the DC police officer on the scene. And when you combine that with the swarm of law enforcement arriving at the hospital eight hours after he was admitted, blocking the bedside visits to Seth Rich by doctors eight hours after surgery? 
and Seth, according to the surgical resident in the hospital, was fine and had no threatening injuries. Okay, now I'm going to uh, put up, I want you to listen to an audio. It was a recent statement made by um, Newt Gingrich on Fox News, uh, and it relates to Seth Rich's murder. So it's just a couple minutes long here, not even that, minute and a half. Here we go. We had a guest on our show earlier today who said, you know, maybe because of all this confusion that you talked mm -hmm. about, these, you know, supporters are confused, but who don't know what to believe, sources coming out of this, is it true, is it not, are people actually leaving his White House, is there confusion that this Robert uh, Mueller investigation will in fact finally shed some light on the truth? Mm. Do you buy that argument? I, I don't know. I look, I think it depends in part on how Mueller uh, defines his investigation. You know, people talk about, was there influence from Russia? Well, does that mean they're going to look at the $500,000 paid to Bill Clinton? Does right. that mean they're going to look at the uranium, uranium deal that gave Russia 20% of the uranium while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State? Uh, I mean, let's go down the list here. Uh, at the same time, we have this very strange story now of this young man who worked for the Democratic National Committee who apparently was assassinated at 4 in the morning, uh, having given WikiLeaks something like 23,000, I'm sorry, 53,000 emails and 17,000 attachments. Mm -hmm. Nobody's investigating that. Yeah. Uh, and, and what does that tell you about what was going on? Mm -hmm. Because it turns out it wasn't the Russians. Uh, it was this young guy who I suspect was disgusted uh, by the Democratic National Committee. He's been killed and apparently nothing serious has been done to investigate his murder. So I I'd like to see how Mueller is going to define what his assignment is. Mm -hmm. And if it's only narrowly Trump, the country will not learn what it needs to learn about involvement in American politics. Okay. Once again, that was Newt Gingrich and his comments. I thought that was really interesting. And it's, you know, it's all logical and normal. It's just amazing that the, the, the tentacles of how they are squelching all of this criminality that's been going on. And here's one other thing. This is kind of like a, a, and I want to tell you this now because it's now 622 Pacific time. So in about a little less than 40 minutes, uh, if you can, turn on Fox News and listen to Sean Hannity's show. Uh, there's a man who calls himself Kim.com. And he's a German-Finnish internet entrepreneur, businessman, musician, and political party founder who resides in Auckland, New Zealand. He's come forth claiming, quote, I knew Seth Rich. I know he was the WikiLeaks source. I was involved, unquote. And Kim.com has been invited by Sean Hannity, as I just said, to appear on Fox News TV show tonight, Tuesday night, May 23rd. Uh, and it'll be at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, after this show, turn on Fox News and, um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, I got a statement, but check out Sean Hannity's show tonight. Okay, DC Demo, Demo there's one little quote here. DC Demon Rats <laughs> reportedly are in a panic. It's funny stuff, God. If it wasn't so tragic, it would be hilarious. Anyway, Renegade Nation, all I can happily say is this blows apart the Russia did it meme that the Democrats and the mainstream media have been screaming over the past months. This will all finally blow up in their faces. And I'm so fed up with the outright lying that's been going on. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Along with their impeach Trump agenda, that will also fold. At least we can understand why the level of lies and deception are so ludicrously being spewed day after day between murder 
And pedophilia, these people are so compromised, they have absolutely no honor or integrity left inside them. They are guilty as sin. And that, Renegade Nation, will be a blessing. Looks like we're entering an important moment in the drain the swamp promise that Trump made. This will give a major green light to full-on investigations, not only of Seth Rich's murder, but the Podesta and the DNC email scandal and the Clinton Foundation, the whole rat's nest. We may actually see true investigations being instigated, which will then lead to the long overdue arrests. That will result and will also allow for reforms that both the Democrat and Republican parties have been impeding. Like placing term limits for Congress and the Senate so people can stop making a self-interested career out of politics. Whoopee! And then the the much-needed across-the-board tax cuts, among the many other reforms that need to come into being so that integrity might once again live in that thing we call D.C. What a concept, Renegade Nation. Can you envision it? Can you imagine the concept of integrity? The rule of law and honest elected officials who choose to work in the name of public service to the country instead of the self-interested, greedy, egomaniacal sociopaths who populate D.C. today. I know, I know, I know. We've never witnessed that in the history of our lives, so it's hard to envision. It is, I know. But... If this rampant criminality that we all know is business as usual in government that nobody has publicly addressed is brought out in the way it appears now to be, we have a unique opportunity now to demand the reform of government, to demand that it work for us for the first time in over 150 years in this country alone. We haven't had a government confined to the limitations limitations set out in the original contract called the Constitution for the United States of America. We can rescind the corporate charters of our governments, and those corporate charters reside at the Vatican. Just remember that because there's, I'm going to be talking into that in the next segment. One other thing, this criminality is interconnected internationally. The United States is not an isolated island of criminality. It's ubiquitous. It's absolutely everywhere in governments around the world. Well, Renegade Nation, it looks like dominoes are beginning to fall. I'm going to take a break here. When I come back, I'm going to talk about Trump's first first official visit overseas, um, which started with Saudi Arabia. And by all signs, the first leg of that journey was extremely fruitful. All I can say is that various stops and meetings Uh, upcoming have profound implications. This is really big. I'll speak into that right after the break. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, this is Everly Isby and Trump's first official trip overseas, I have to say, this is major big. I mean, just look at the itinerary. I mean, it should make your head spin. Uh, Trump's first stop 
and his reception in Saudi Arabia was beyond extremely positive. I mean, the kind of reception Trump received has not been seen in past presidential visits there. It was unprecedented. And as bad as Saudi Arabia's reputation is for its human rights abuses and geopolitical agendas have been, Saudi Arabia is extremely important to U.S. interests. You have to remember that the health of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. economy specifically is directly tied to Saudi Arabia. I mean, if you remember back in the 1970s under the Nixon administration, we were taken off the gold standard backing, backing the dollar and replaced it with oil. The U.S. dollar became the petrodollar as all oil coming out of Saudi Arabia and the other uh, Middle Eastern states was sold in U.S. dollars, which is how the dollar became the world's reserve currency. Anyone who wanted to buy oil had to have reserves of U.S. dollars in order to buy it. Part of the agreement back then was that Saudi Arabia would invest in U.S. companies, the U.S. stock market, and the U.S. bond market, whatever was needed to invest in. That's been Saudi's role for the last half a century. And according to Bix Weir, that could now be ending. Bix implies that Trump is ending that old deal with a thanks very much for helping to rig the markets, but we're moving in a new direction. And Weir said, hopefully, we're going back to the original Constitution. Bix did say, hopefully, and I hope it's true as well, because, you know, that could mean that the extraordinary work that has been done so far by people like Anna von Reitz and those who stand with her may now be bearing fruit. From her most recent writings, she is saying very much the same thing. That is a done deal, mission accomplished. All of the filings, notices, and liens that have been put in place, not only internationally but here in the USA, their end-run game that lawfully and legally stopped these criminals in their tracks at the World Bank, the IMF, the IBRD, and the BIS, among other international players involved as well. The actions stopped them from stealing all the assets, resources, and the very property of all American people, including our own DNA, as chattel property to the state. It's a long and very extraordinary story, which I cover quite a bit, and you can learn about it at AnnaVonWrites.com, including the primer book I constantly promote, You Know There's a Problem When... dot 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 An American Affidavit of Probable Cause by Anna Von Reitz and her husband. And I don't make any money promoting that book, by the way. I just do it because it's important for people to be aware of this information. And this book is for anyone who wants to learn the true authentic history of how the United States of America started off and the end result of the over-the-top corporate corruption that we see today. It is the direct result of special interests internationally and by colluding traitors within our own borders who robbed us of one of the most extraordinary dreams that this country was founded on. It was the dream of all humanity. They stole that from us. Well, perhaps now it is being restored. The signs are all pointing that way. And as I've been following all of these behind-the-scenes efforts over the years, I have long contemplated on how this might play out. And it makes sense that this trip being made by Trump is potentially much, much more than is being talked about in the media. 
And you'll maybe see this as we go back to Trump's itinerary. Yesterday, Monday the 22nd, Trump arrived in Israel. According to Bix Weir, once again, he said, quote, And if you know anything about banking, you know that Israel is in charge of banking for the world. Israel has had control of the U.S. monetary system. And as you know, renegade nation, those who control the money control everything. The guy who runs the Federal Reserve, and not Janet Yellen, she's just a figurehead, the number two guy is Stanley Fisher, a dual Israeli-U.S. citizen, just like so many people in the halls of power are. Previous to Fisher's current role at the Federal Reserve, he was, for decades, the head of Israel's central bank. That's why he was put in as the number two guy in the U.S. And according to Weir, if there is a guy in the Federal Reserve that you could call a bad guy, it's Stanley Fisher, unquote. <laughs> now, Weir didn't elaborate on that statement, but as a precious metals and financial expert, Bix Weir has his reasons, I'd say, for saying such a thing. Weir also said that perhaps Trump's visit to Israel is to convey that that game is changing as well. Also included on the Israel stop will be about the ongoing negotiations over the need to find a two-state solution to the Israel-Palestine situation and the gross human rights violations being done to the Palestinians by Israel. If Israel's aggression, renegade nation, if we can appease Israel's aggression in the Middle East, if we can rein that in, real peace has a chance to take root in the region. Once again, between the publicized and unpublicized aspects to this historical trip, all I can say is this is major big. And it gets better. The third stop is Rome and meetings at the Vatican. The Vatican is the very belly of the beast renegade nation. Nothing against Catholics. The Vatican is power central, and most people have no clue about the tentacles of power that the Vatican has over the entire planet. The current Pope, as well as past Popes, are majorly implicated in the financial rigging and money laundering through the Vatican Bank. The Vatican Bank is knee-deep in derivatives through Italy's Monte de Pesci and Germany's Deutsche Bank, and it is well known that those two banks are in deep, deep trouble with their derivative book. So right there, Renegade Nation, the first three stops on Trump's itinerary are the three biggies. The implications are huge as to what is really going down right now. When Trump leaves Rome, he'll travel to Brussels, which is swamp central in Europe as the headquarters of the EU. But Trump will be taking meetings with NATO. Now, Trump, if you remember during his campaign for president, made statements that the U.S. is footing the majority of the bill for NATO. And he made many statements to the effect that EU member countries have been remiss in paying their 2% yearly dues. And if they don't step up to the plate, he would back the U.S. out of NATO altogether. And that makes total sense to me. NATO was created to protect Europe from the former Soviet Union. Well... Russia is no longer the Soviet Union and is no longer any kind of threat to Europe. Who needs NATO? But as we all know, since Trump has taken office, he has reversed many of those campaign pledges. 
he and his administration have been saying you know all kinds of contrary things consistently on various issues he campaigned on and it is confusing but it's possible that there is a strategy to this to confuse what is actually happening behind the scenes I mean that's one possible scenario going on here it makes sense to me I'm speculating of course but that's why it's so interesting to watch these first official visits and what the outcome will be as the result because it looks just by the places he's going and the issues and the deals that are really being made here very well could be the start of many changes on the world stage. It could be that the plug is being pulled on the financial and political criminality that has been holding the world hostage. What do you think? I don't know. A new financial system may be coming to fruition here. There's been talk for years now that a new financial system has been in the works. I know that many listening to this may view this as impossible. I do understand the cynicism that results in living in this world. But I've been trying to maintain optimism that it is variable, if not probable. I mean, it certainly isn't sustainable as it is. The current Western financial system is so predatory, it's like a giant tapeworm eating its host. And that's not a survivable situation. It certainly isn't fun enough either, is it? We can recreate how the world is run. Nothing is written in stone, after all. And even though they have egomaniacally believed that they are entitled to rule the planet, that is the great delusion of their own minds. The fact is, they're abysmal failures as the self-imposed rulers that they are. The world has been run by sociopaths. How ridiculous is that? Time for a change. Okay, and, and summing this up, the last stop is Sicily, where the G7 summit is going to take place. What is really ironic here, Renegade Nation, is that Sicily is the landing zone central for that the flood of refugees coming in from you know Libya and the other African and Middle Eastern countries. Everybody comes to Sicily. The EU bureaucrats have remained unapologetic to the individual countries of Europe in dealing with the masses of undocumented peoples flooding into their countries. The economic impact on Europe has been enormous beyond the already rampant economic strife they're suffering under, as well as the increase in violent and criminal activities, like the uh, concert bombing that just happened in Manchester, England. Well, the rulers in the EU have remained in denial of the facts. They've been insistent on these countries keeping their borders wide open. So, <laughs> what's the ironical part of this upcoming G7 summit meeting? This is so funny. <laughs> they have closed the borders of Sicily for their own protection during the summit. Talk about ultimate hypocrisy, renegade nation. <laughs> so in conclusion, <laughs> oh my God. I have to say that the potential play here could very well have unprecedented historical ramifications. I truly hope so. Push has got to come to shove because this criminal insanity is not acceptable. We do not have to tolerate it, Renegade Nation, and there is no reason that we should. Taking another break here. When I come back, um, 
Uh, I'm going to give you some breaking news that came out earlier this month that will be cause for celebration for anyone dealing with the IRS and the colluding court systems. This is Everly Isby, and I'll be right back. What are you people? On dope? It's perfect! Shh, 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 shh. Do you hear that? It's the winds of change. Hey there, hi there. I'm going to start off by reading the news headline that mainstream media is totally ignoring. But it is important information to have, Renegade Nation. Here's the headline. The uh, breaking news, the U.S. Fifth Circuit admits the systematic misapplication of the income tax. (laughs) Now that's great news. Uh, And I'm just going to read part of this article uh, to you. Excuse me, I'm shifting things around here. I seem a little scattered, but it's because I normally am. Okay, here it is. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a stunning ruling admitting that the United States and the federal courts have been systematically misapplying the income tax as a non-apportioned direct tax for decades. The clear implication is that literally trillions of dollars have been improperly taken taken for their full owners. The further implication is that hundreds of men and women, perhaps even thousands, well, in my estimation, it's thousands upon thousands of people have been victims of legal harassment and intimidation, property seizures, character assassination, and even imprisonment, all based on a fraud. At the same time, it is clear that the explosive, and some would say, republic eroding growth of the federal government over the period has been financed by this same scheme. I mean, how many of you have been victims of the IRS and the court systems out there listening? Renegade Nation? Too many of us to count on. So this is, this is such good news. In the appellate court, Parker, that's the guy who brought this suit, uh, Parker raised an additional argument beyond the confused notion that completing a tax form amounted to self-incrimination. And that is absolutely true. When you sign any tax form, it always says, under penalty of perjury, well, that's where you give up your rights. You in self-incriminate yourself, and they gain jurisdiction over you and do whatever they want. But Parker also squarely challenged the appellate court with the assertion that, as put by the panel, quote, the IRS and the government in general, including the judiciary, mistakenly interpret the 16th Amendment as allowing a direct tax on property. And when they mean that, what they mean by property are wages, salaries, commissions, etc. Okay? The uh, circuit court panel found itself unable to dispute Parker's allegation and ultimately admitted its accuracy. And that's a big yippee-yay-yay! By the way, uh, just to clarify this ruling, and I've talked into this subject before, simply put, you have to ask yourself as a human being, are you personally a corporation? Because that's where income is made and taxed by corporations, not regular people. If you work for a salary or you make hourly wages, you work on commission, or maybe you're a tip earner, you do not make an income. 
Income is based on profits and losses of a corporation, not a living, working human being. How are you making a profit when you exchange money for your services to the company you work for, your time, your talent, and your abilities? They agree to pay you for that service to them. It's an exchange. It's not a profit and loss situation. Does that make sense? Wages, salaries, tips, and commissions are not income. When you get your paycheck, you receive property. The money you make is your property and cannot be taxed. And this ruling by the Fifth Circuit Court proves it. I can't imagine how many people are going to utilize this court decision in their fights against the IRS and the courts. But this is another example of how the House of Cards is falling as I speak, Renegade Nation. So put a smile on your face because this is great ammunition. So if you are currently harassed and threatened by the IRS, look up the link to the court case, the article in my links. You can also just put in the name of the case into a search engine. It's called Parker v. Period, Parker v. Commissioner. And the way they spell it, Parker v. Period, it's C-O, capital C-O-M-M apostrophe R. And it's short for Commissioner of the Internal Revenue. But it's called Parker v. Commissioner 724 capital F period 2D space 469 where you'll probably find articles and commentaries on this ruling as well for you to happily use and on that happy note I'm gonna close for now all I can say is there's a lot of exciting moves in the makes right now I do believe we are entering historical times I feel change coming renegade nation and for once it may very well be change for the better. This is Everly Isby, connecting the dots here on Renegade Talk Radio, and I'll be back soon. Good night.